Hey, what's good? This is episode 114. And before we get into it, I just want to remind you of something. And that's this. Don't apologize to people for improving. Don't apologize to people for getting better. Don't apologize to people for experiencing success in your life. If you have to apologize to the people around you for getting better, for making things happen, for creating momentum, for moving forward, those they may not be your people. Don't apologize for getting better. That's a word. That could be enough for the episode in itself, but I'm going to keep going because this is episode 114, and this is a pretty unique episode. I haven't done anything like this before. I'm bringing on my my really good friend, Bassam Tarazi, who you may remember from previous episodes. He's the amazing author of multiple books. He's an adventurer and and world traveler who has done ridiculous things all across this planet in over 70 plus countries. He's the founder of the amazing Ready, Set, Finish framework that helps people finish anything. And we talk about three topical topics. We talk about the great resignation. We talk about remote work and and one other thing. And it is just a a, a dynamite, dynamic conversation. I think you're really, really going to love it. It's it, This is a new for me, so I'm curious what you think about it. Hit me up on social media and the DMs and let me know what you think. If you want to send me a text message directly to let me know. You can do that at 310-564-7124. Also, I want to let you know that you can sign up uh, to learn who the five people are that make you better. Like I have this report to share with you that identifies exactly who the five people you need in your life to make you better. If you don't have these folks in your life, if you don't even know, just make sure you go to the show notes, click on the link, and I'll tell you exactly who those people are. All right, that's it. Let's get into this fun episode number 114. Hey, welcome to the Antonio Nev Show, where I remind you each and every week that no matter where you stand today... Your story isn't over yet. The best is ahead. I'm your host, Antonio Neves. I'm the founder of Allies of Glory, the author of Stop Living on Autopilot, a success coach, and I take pride in my triceps. Listen, today I'm doing something a little bit different on the podcast. I'm going to dig into some topical topics that I have some opinions on, but look, I did not want to do this by myself. So so joining me is my homeboy, Bassam Tarazi. This guy is the author of multiple books, including Borders, Bandits, and Baby Wipes, The Accountability Effect, In Five Years You'll Be Wrong. And yo, get this, he's the creator of the Ready, Set, Finish framework that helps you finish absolutely anything. And hey, get this, this guy has visited over 70 countries and has scaled Mountains like Everest and got to base camp and Mount Kilimanjaro. I could go on, but I don't want to make you feel insecure, even though you haven't met him. But just know that this guy is a dope dude. Uh, I'm going to keep going on. So quick background. Basam and I, he's one of my closest friends. We, we've hosted international retreats together. 
We both can squat unbelievable amounts of weight. And every week, I mean, straight up every single week, we talk to each other and leave each other voice notes talking about the subjects we're going to talk about today. Uh, But this time, the difference is we are going to press record. So let's see what happens. What's good, Basam Tarazi? Man, that's an intro. I kind of want to meet me too. Um, I want to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to straight up, this, uh, you probably recall Basam from a, pre- a couple other previous episodes on the podcast, but Basam straight up is one of the most interesting people that I know. He lives, hasn't lived, he lives an interesting life and just engaging with him and his adventures on this planet is just a great reminder to, to live an interesting life. All the things I referenced, links to those will be in the show notes. So check them out. But Basam, we're digging into three topics, man. Three topics that really stood out to me this week. And I knew, I know you have opinions on these because we've talked about them, but you also live them. So the three topics, number one, we are going to, I want to talk about remote work, remote work. And listen, the, the question is, does it matter where you work? I don't, if you work at home, if you're like in Thailand and living in an above water hut, if, if you're at the office, does it matter? And the reason why I think this is prevalent right now is because you saw, you know, Elon Musk this week sent out a, a message to his employees basically saying you need to spend at least 40 hours at your desk. And then you see technology companies like Twitter on the other side saying, hey, you can work remote as long as you want. It's okay. And then you got these folks that hybrid, hey, come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays, do what you want to do on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But we really do also want you here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I, listen, let me tell you right now, man, I'm one of those cats that's like, I, I, I don't work. I get the job done. Don't don't worry about where I am. What is your opinion and perspective on remote work? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you basically said it all in that intro. It's like, we have a wide swath, right? Society right now is is looking at this like, what do we do? Companies are asking themselves, what is right? Is the employee right? Should we let them do whatever they want? I have a unique approach. I think you have a unique approach. We're a little bit of lone wolves in our lives. And I certainly come from the mindset of it doesn't matter what I do. It's about the value I bring. Like, don't worry about the hours I put in because I always challenge what is an hour of work? How are you measuring, right? What is the definition of work? And we can get into, are you available? Are you here? Are you ready? Are you mashing your, your, your keys on the keyboard? So I think, and this is my own personal opinion because I like to get things done by myself, is I love the idea of remote work because if you tell me I have to be in, in, in an office, I feel like I am not in control, right? I feel like there's a lack of trust. You don't trust me. However, leaning on the Elon Musk of the world He is building a physical product and there is a car on the other end of that. And he might ask his executives, hey, I need to be here in brainstorms. I think for someone like Elon is, I want you here when I need you. That's it, right? It is access to you. I want your brain when I want your brain. I want to know that it's here and I can tap it at any point. And I think for some leaders out there, when their staff is at home, of course, they're wondering, well, what are they doing? Are they busy? And then it gets down to, well, what is work? Why are you worried about what they're doing if they're still producing the thing you said you wanted them to produce? Is that you want, you want those extra three hours they had in that day? Is that you, do you want to own those hours? And that's where I think people and everyone at home now, people working from home are sticking their elbows out, right? 
they're boxing out a little bit. They're saying, hey, wait a second. I want to protect those hours, right? I got done what I want to get done. Let's leave it be. Yeah. And I'm not going to be naive. Look, there's, look, it would be really tough. Uh, a police officer would be hard pressed to work exactly. remotely. A lines person who works for a utility company is going to be hard pressed not to work in person. And, and again, there are also some professions and some fields where, yes, you physically need to be there. Uh, and listen, you and I, you're right. You said something that it took me a long time to appreciate that I 100% am a lone wolf. Most times you and I want the same thing. And that is like to be left alone. Like, like just Correct. leave me alone. And, and we both have had plenty of experiences where we got up each morning in New York City, you in Portland, me sometimes commuting to San Francisco, and we got dressed, looked nice, and we shaved and went to an office. And there's another side of me, though, I can't front. I also, I miss people a little bit too. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, though, if I miss people from a perspective of just missing people, having conversation, or is there, and there's research that talks about, you know, how there you can get more creativity, more innovation when people are in the same room together, as opposed to uh, on right. Zoom or Microsoft Teams, which I hate Microsoft Teams, by the way. But do you, is, is there any validity to we can make more magic happen when we are physically in the same space. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so for a couple of reasons. One, it's the the human cues, right? You have body language. You have, you know, it's just a better sense of what's happening. There are breaks. You you cross people who are, you know, in the quote unquote water cooler in the break room. Like there is just this notion that we are in this together. And I don't mean in the grand purpose of the world that we're, we're creating something super unique. I'm just talking about we are not at home. We got in our cars or we got in the subway. We came to this office to solve something together. So let's just put our brains together and get that done. And so I think there's something about the fantasy break. Like if you can see behind me and you can see my my house and I'm not showered, I'm a little disheveled. It's a little bit like, oh, he's just some dude. Like we don't we don't really need to get anything done. But you come, but when you come to the office, it's like, look at us. We're tackling something really important. Now, I'm not poo-pooing that idea. I think in a highly, like you said, collaborative, if you need to be innovative, if you are a startup and you're trying to get something off the ground and you need to solve a problem and it's messy and it's dirty, yeah, a lot of times that whiteboard, that energy, that kind of look, guys, let's stay in this, let's let's keep tackling this, is going to help. Um and again, it's that shared, it's that we're in a foxhole together kind of thing. And that that bonds people, right? Nothing bonds like strife. And so certainly the cover of National Geographic this month is, is about the importance of human touch, like just the idea of, tu- of handshakes, of just being around people. We need that. So yes, I think there are certain aspects of work that do flourish when we are together. However, 80% of white collar work doesn't need that. Nothing anybody is doing means anything. We just we just have a job. <laughs> like honestly, marketing managers, mean- project managers, program nobody's doing anything. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, just because someone's at an office for eight hours doesn't mean you know for a fact. Well, there's research that even gets into this. No one is working for those forty hours they're at the work. But also something that I think is really important to mention, and especially when you think back over the past couple of years, specifically with families, like from a childcare perspective, like when kids weren't in school. Like you didn't have a choice, but you you had to be at home and that flexibility was there and commutes. People are realizing, especially now in a day and age when I live in Southern California, I saw, you know, gas drove by somewhere premium 
uh, was over $7 a gallon. And it makes me really mad at myself for owning a vehicle that takes premium. <laughs> that takes premium. <laughs> totally. <laughs> takes premium uh, gas. So, I mean, the commute, all that, people are frustrated. But before we move on to point two for today, there's something you said at the top that reinforced something I've been thinking about as well. And the word that comes up is trust. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, and it goes back to the types of managers, right? You've always heard these, these, the, the, the refrain that people don't quit companies, they quit their managers, right? Right. Cause it depends on what kind right. of trust they have. And I've had two different types of managers in my life. The, the manager that basically is like, don't bother me. You're a pro. I hired you because you're a pro. Go handle your business. I trust you. And then there's the other manager that's like all up in your face, all up on the TV, all up in the video, uh, you know, you know, you can see that trust is not there. They want to micromanage. They want to make sure, hey, I noticed you weren't at your desk from 122 to right. 157. You're like, yeah, Jim, my stomach was hurting. I was in the bathroom. Leave me alone. So I think trust plays a major role in this as well. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I think I would even I would even go one step below that and say, why are we working at all? Like, what is the point? And I would argue that the whole point of working is to buy free time. Right. The whole idea is like, I want to work to make money so that I can then go do what I actually want to do. Our, when we, when we come at it forward, like the purpose of work is work, forget about free time and we owe ourselves to work and we should go back and work more and we give our lives to work. Then we have this awkward relationship to it. I think what a lot of people are experiencing is they're at home now. They're realizing they're spending more time with their families and they're thinking, Oh, yeah, isn't this actually the point? So I almost think like even before we can talk about the word trust, I think people are reassessing what is the actual point? What is the point of me working? And I I know for me, work is functional. Work is so that I can have free time to go do the things I want to do. And so trust for me, it's about providing perceived value. If my boss says my job is to get X done and we agree that these are the goals that what needs to be done, it shouldn't matter how I get them done so long as I do it legally. Right. But then, <laughs> but then on the flip side of that, if they're like, wow, I thought that was going to take you two months to get done. You got that done in three weeks. Let me pour more on your back. I'm like, no, I'm just going to slow roll it to you. Right. So it's kind of like, where does trust end? Who am I accountable to? And what am I accountable for? Does my boss own my free minutes if I finish something faster than they thought I would? That's the question. Ooh, that's a subject right there. That is real because that's the the challenge. If, if you are that 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 one that's on fire and you do get things done before deadline, if you actually come in under budget, folks, one they're always going to anticipate that. And then, like you said, oh, you finish early. It's only Wednesday. Great, you can have the the, the Johnson project. No, I'll keep the Johnson project. Right. Don't, right. don't penalize. Don't penalize me for being good. Exactly. Don't penalize me for being a pro. That's great. I love that. And to your point, you're right. You know, people have been reflecting on what am I doing this for? Like, do I really love this subject? Am I am I really so fired up for this job title? You know, a question I, I love to ask people to, in workshops is if you had to introduce yourself without referencing your pref- your, right. your profession or career, what would you say? Yo, That's people right. struggle. Their totally. identity is only their job. So I love that framing that you have of like, you know, it, it's functional, your job. And I think that would take a lot of stress off of people 100%. for their job not to be everything. Yes, that's it, Antonio. I think it's like if you remove that, that slice of pie in your life of who you are at work, who then are you? You know, how do you show up in the world and do you like that person? Are you like, oh my God, all I do is watch Netflix and eat outside of work? Like, 
is that who I want to be? So I think, yes, I put zero pressure on what work means to me. It's just a job. Yes, I want to enjoy the things I, I do, meaning I, I want it to be challenging. I want to work on some interesting problems. I want to work with interesting people. But beyond that, it doesn't really matter. So I don't let I don't let that pressure build. And you know, I can I can draw the line pretty yeah. early. Yeah, give yourself some space. And by the way, you just hurt somebody. They're like, dang, all I do outside of work is eat and watch Netflix. They're like reevaluating their life. But that's real. Take some adventures. Explore your city, your work. You know, it's just not your job. It's not all you do. Like, I've been doing so many more adventures, but that, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. But some, some of the things we just hit on, Basama and I have been talking about. So there may or may not be some stuff in the future that delves in deeper to that. Uh, speaking on this topic of jobs and them meaning everything to you, I, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the great resignation that everyone's been talking about because. You know, we, we've seen numbers, was it back in March, nearly 5 million people quit their jobs. I think it was 4.5 million people. And just so folks know, I think people always get that false misconception that when they hear these numbers, oh, 4.5 million people quit their jobs in March. Let's be clear. They didn't just quit. They're not on the beach drinking Mai Tais. Most mm -hmm. of these people left their jobs for other jobs because guess what? In March, they're also employers had 12 million job openings that they they posted. So the great resignation, our people, and I, I, I'm, I, I have some opinions on this, obviously, are people quitting too easy? Like I think about these words we've heard about in the past 10 years in the workplace that you know well, grit, resilience, fortitude, et cetera. Like, should it be the great resignation or should it be the great recommitment going back to what you said we're looking for jobs to save us it's a good it's a good frame i i i do agree with you i think it's the great reassessing i think is what people are I, I think is what people are doing i think when we see the term there's so many people quitting there's so many i think what like it's twofold one they're 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 reassessing their life maybe they had some cash that that they were sitting on and they they realized they they have 6 months and they really want to you know, maybe they had loss from COVID or, or, or something like that. And they want to reassess. And I think, I actually think we should always be doing that. I think there was a, a great CEO said, your job is to find a better job. Ooh. One that serves that one that serves you better. Because if you are in a job that you feel owns you and owns your minutes and you had no free time and you couldn't work from home and, and it was, you know, sucking up your life. I think what a lot of people are doing right now is they're reassessing wh where in the hierarchy of life does their job fall and what are they willing to do or not do? So I think the, the notion that people are quitting to, you know, in like a lackadaisical sense, I, I wouldn't say so. I think they're just reassessing what's important to them. And now the power seems to be in the hand of the employee about what they want, whether that's, I think for most people, it's flexibility, right? It's this yeah, idea of this. Yeah. My job isn't everything. My life comes first. Yeah. And there's a lot of leverage that employees have because of the remote environment. You know, I was featured recently in an article on Forbes.com. And just for folks listening, now it wasn't a Forbes.com article by all those you know random contributors out there, but this is like a real, a real Forbes journalist for the record. I have to give myself props on that about how, you know, there's a lot of leverage for employees because now they can negotiate to stay remote. They don't have to show up. They can now apply for jobs. They live in Chicago, but now they can apply for a job that's in Florida or that's in Maine or in the North or the Pacific Northwest because they don't have to leave. 
To your point, you know, that, I love what you just said. How you heard someone say your job is to find a better job. I want to remind people as well, going back to this notion of this, this great recommitment, because I do think people are, are, are sometimes quitting a little bit too soon, uh, because I also believe, and I'm curious about your perspective, and if you've experienced this at all in any of your jobs over the course of, of your life, I also believe that we all could be one conversation, maybe a tough one, one tough conversation from a better job title or salary within our same organization. Like I talked to so many people who are unfulfilled. I'm a, I'm a career coach. I work for mid-career professionals and they come to me most times beside me. You know what they say? They say, I want to get a brand new job. I don't want to work here anymore. I want to do so-and-so. And I'll say, cool, You know, I can support you in, in how building a plan to make that happen. But let me ask you a question. Tell me a little bit about how the conversations have gone with your, your current employer, your current management team about your uh, your unhappiness and have you explored new roles within your organization or have you negotiated a new title or a salary and they were like no they haven't right. so I, I just think we're also a tough conversation away from even changing things by the way this could be in, in marriages right yeah yeah this, this could be in a marriage yep. this could be in the city you live etc so i don't think i mean you, a question there but you no know, you hit the nail on the head tough conversations t how many people want to have a tough conversation. It's way easier to have a different uh, to have a different job description solve solve your problem for you, right? Oh, this new job is going to solve all these problems I have here because look what they promised me in this job description. But you and I know your job is what happens in the space between the bullet points of a job description. The same kind of things are going to come up at this new job that you're going to have to deal with. So I think what you're what you're reminding people of is you are still in control of your life and your career. You have to be intentional and don't think that a new job by itself is going to solve all of your problems. Now, if this new job you're getting is paying you $75,000 more and you know there just isn't that route within your, your current firm, yeah, you could be like, hey, I'm going for the money. I think what you're talking about is have you had those conversations within your firm? Have you had those tough conversations or do you feel like you're labeled as something, right? Are you, mm. are, are you, are you, is there a brand on you like, oh, Antonio is the this person. Oh, Michelle is the that woman. She can't handle X. And I think sometimes people, right, you have a boss above you, you've butted heads with. And maybe for some people, T, they just don't want to deal with it. And it's like, screw this. I can't deal with this boss. I got to go. But I think what, what you're talking about is, have you leaned in? Have you had a tough conversation? Why not? Why not go for that job? And I think what, what you brought up is I'm an opportunist. I'm always looking around, right? I am just, I am a, a purebred opportunist. Sounds like I'm a Machiavellian, but what I'm saying is if you see people leaving at, at your particular company and you know it's causing angst, well, you lean in a little bit and say, hey, I can take that role for X, Y, and Z reasons. You know what I mean? Why not you? And so what you're getting at is you are still in control. Another job isn't going to save you. Because at that other job, you're going to be dealing with humans and human dynamics and social dynamics and favor and, and favoritism and and everyone else being motivated by a whole bunch of things that you can't control. Yeah, what a great reminder. Another job's not gonna save you. Let me tell you something. A new zip code won't save you. You know why? Because you're still there. <laughs> you're still part of the <laughs> equation. Yeah. Yeah. You're, st- you're right. You're right. You're, you're the variable you're still- in the equation. 
You're the variable in the equation that is not changing regardless of the outside environment. I, I like to remind people of that because a lot of people think they can quit jobs, they can move to a new zip code, or they can maybe even get divorced. That means their next relationship is going to be better. But guess what? If they're not doing the work, if they're not being responsible, if they're not having tough conversations, they're going to see a repeat cycle of what's happened previously, right? And I just want to say for people listening who are like, yeah, but you know, I have a, I have a boss who's, who's mean, who's rude and no one listens for sure. Right. I just want to say, if you are in a, in an emotionally uncomfortable situation and you are being taken advantage of and all that kind of stuff, yes, sometimes you kind of have to leave because that's where you are. But I think what Antonio is getting at is saying, not just stay because it's hard and you know, you got to stay and, and figure it out, but it's like, Hey, have I done everything I could with that's within my control to, book, to set myself up for a better position. So your job is to get a better, your job is to find a better job. It doesn't mean at a different company. Like Antonio said, it could be at your own company. It could be exactly where you are. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's still about the great, the great reassessment. And if that means you're resigning from your current job, then great. But it could be is like you said, I think what you're saying is the great recommitment is you could also, instead of resigning, is re-up and maybe skip a, a, a spot on that ladder. Get over that boss that's in your way by connecting with somebody above that person. And Straight you up. Know, right, yeah. right now, there's so much leverage that people don't realize that they have. When an organization is turmoil, like, oh, right now, it's crazy. I probably shouldn't go and ask for that raise or that new title. No, no, no. This may be the time. Exactly. You have no idea. They may be afraid to leverage lose you. This, this is leverage. And I help, pe- I help people do that. They're like, how did this dude get a raise? How did this dude get a brand new title? How did this woman? Because you saw the opportunity. Don't be passive. I'm glad you said something, Bassam, just briefly, as Bassam alluded, not alluded, as he said directly, I am not advising anyone to stay in a toxic environment. I'm not advising you to stay in an environment where there's harassment taking place. By no means, you know, those situations, those are red flags. You got to balance the HR, no, et cetera. And I think sometimes tough conversations can be game changers. Uh, uh, before I go to this last topic, Basam, as we w- will wind down on this last one, I think you and I have talked about this before. You know what people really want in this life? I think more than anything, I think what people want is to be able to write these four words in a, in a LinkedIn post. I'm honored to announce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to announce. I think that's I what, couldn't be happier. Yeah. I couldn't be happier to share. People just want to let everybody or to know they got a brand new job. But you know what? I, I invite whoever's listening right now to take the plunge, be the courageous person to say, I'm a, honored to announce I have not left my job. I'm still <laughs> here after after eight years and I enjoy it. I don't put myself value on my job, even though I do have a good income and I renegotiated a 42% increase in the midst of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing right now, but people want to write, I'm honored to announce. Am I right? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I think it's what we got to before is that if, if the only way you describe yourself outside of work is I watch Netflix and I eat, then the one place you hold immense value is on the status and the title and who you are at work. So then everything you pour in, all the likes you want to get, all the comments you want to get is look how much I've even I've either given to work or what I do at work or what my employer allows me to do at work. It is getting claps for your commitment to this idea of work. And yeah, I, I'm not I'm not all about it. 
<laughs> Let's all, just say. Listen, again, you got people right now that they're like hit hard. Like, yo, all I do outside of work is eat and watch Netflix. That that, that is beautiful. Last question, man. Let's get into this. It's a college graduation season. Uh, fascinating time of year. You know, a lot of folks are throwing up that uh that that graduation cap. Um, if Basam Tarazi was beginning his career today, knowing what he knows now, and you've had a fascinating, diverse career, how would you approach it today as a fresh college graduate versus how you did? Yeah, it's it's a great point. I mean, I think I've had for people listening, I've had a lifetime of careers in in a little over twenty years of of having a, a professional life. So I think that lesson I learned that in five years you'll be wrong. I just want to remind myself of that. Like the first job you have is obviously not going to be your last job, and you don't know what you don't know. So it's kind of like, hey, whatever your job title is, just go be that best thing. And go make relationships. I mean, one of the things that I think has benefited me the most is go make relationships with interesting people at your company. Go network outside of, outside of work with interesting people because I'm telling you right now, 20 years on in my career, I am still connecting with and chatting with folks I met way back in my early 20s because they have gone and done some interesting things and we stay connected. And that's how your career is going to make some amazing leaps and bounds. If you stay within the oh, your only vertical of your company and say, oh, they're going to pick me, they're going to pick me, they're going to pick me. No, no one's thinking of creative ways to give you money, right? And no one's going to bat for you. So make those relationships with people at work. Ask the VP if you can have a coffee with him or her, whoever that is. Hey, I'm new to this company. I want to learn about your job and what and what and what you have going on. So I think I would take it way less seriously. I would say your life is way beyond your job. Don't forget to live your life. Go do crazy stuff. Leave a job after two to three years. Take six months off. Like money will come are things I I will say. I think people who only talk about their finances and real estate when they're 25, God help you. You know what I mean? You should be talking about loves and Spain and traveling and cruises and, and being hung over. So don't forget to live. There's plenty of time to work. Oh, I love everything you just said. I, I'm just, I was taking some notes as you wrote, and I agree with you 100%. First and foremost, I would not, would not have been worried about money whatsoever. I took my first job as a sales representative because it paid good $28,000 a year good that I thought was like ridiculous. <laughs> not, to frown, yeah. Yeah, not to frown on $28,000 for anyone that's coming out accepting a, a job. I'm just saying, you know, my life looks nothing like that right now. And I just, and I didn't need much when I came out. So to your point, I wouldn't have focused on the money at all. I would have focused straight up on the experience, experiences that I was getting. I would invite people right now. Maybe people are doing right now, this right now, and their great reassessment as well is, is treating life in many ways and treating their work as a, as a laboratory, as a laboratory, like a scientist just to explore. And I love what you said regarding just take life and take things just a little bit less seriously. You know what else I would do, man? And things were different. Obviously, when we began our careers, I can't recall yep. anyone when I started talking about what they were doing outside of work. Mm. It's all about work, work, work. I would have created so much more outside of work for fun, projects, maybe yep. things I would try to sell or not, classes, et cetera. Uh, to your point, I would, 
I, I would have treated, found some work abroad opportunities and travel abroad opportunities, things that I actually end up, did end up doing. It took a little bit of time, but I would have treated it more like a laboratory. And like you said, people, people, people. I think I, I lost some of that early on because I was so much in the rat race, specifically when I got to, to New York City. And you know, and, you were there as well. And here's the reason why is because if you put all your hopes into your current boss at your particular job and you go create, there is now only one person that could vouch for you. What if that person leaves the company? What if they're gone, right? And your one ally is gone. So uh, most of the jobs that I've had from nuclear engineering to film production to mortgage banking, to construction management, project management, green design, consulting. I got those jobs, not because of my resume, but because of who I was. I had some interesting, I had some interesting, interesting stories to tell. People wanted to know how I did X, Y, or Z, that they were interested in knowing that I was a problem solver, that I can deal with ambiguous environments. That's you're going to be your job. How do you solve problems and how do you deal with ambiguity? Your job title means nothing. Every project is a shit show. No one knows what they're doing. So I'm telling you, I've been able to switch careers based off of the bottom part of my resume interests. What are some things I've done down there? All the stuff up top doesn't really matter, but everyone else wants to know you wrote a book, you drove almost around the world. You took, you were on a ship that went around the world. You did all these things. Why? Because we're humans. We want to relate to somebody. We want to hang out and laugh. You got me fired up over here right now. One, just the bottom half of your resume, that focus on the interest is huge. You got a blog post in that or something in that I think is amazing for you. Uh, but also I think about when I'm talking to people and I'm preparing them for job interviews, high level positions. And these folks have amazing resumes and LinkedIn profiles. And the, one of the key things we talk about is ident- identifying those three to five things that may not necessarily appear on their resume mm. that allow them to stand out and be memorable. And those typically yeah. are those things, the bottom of the resume, that mission trip they did when they were young, that money they raise every single year for that nonprofit to, to help find a cure for pancreatic cancer, teaching English as a second language in Vietnam for that summer. I mean, those are the things, right? Volunteering yeah. as a coach for your son's baseball. Those are the things that make you stand out and people realize who you are. So, yeah. Because man, to just, be a leader, T, to be a leader of men and women, you have to relate with, you have to relate to them and with them. And the only way to relate is through stories, through some sort of shared experiences. Oh, you travel to, I travel to, where are you from? Or, oh, I did some of that too. That's really interesting, right? I mean, work isn't just about fill out this spreadsheet. It's, hey, I see you're struggling with something, you know, yada, yada. Oh, you had, I had a similar experience when I was doing X. Oh, you did? Tell me about that. That's it. That's work. Don't forget work is done by people. And people are multi-layered and we're complicated and we're complex. We are not just robots with bullet points on our resume. We are not just robots with bullet points on our resume. We are so many, so much more fascinating. So listen, in this little over 30 minutes, man, we we went, we, we had some fun on remote work on the great resignation, resignation, which I called the great recommitment, which you called the beautifully the great reassessment and how we would approach life. Now, if you're college graduates, which in many ways, I think it's fair to say you and I still kind of approach things that way in uh, many regards. We're fortunate enough to do so. Be Tarazi, Basam, appreciate you for being here. Everyone, this guy's, this guy's amazing. Links to all of his amazing stuff is going to be uh, in the show notes. Reach out to Basam, check out his newsletter. Uh, if you're looking to finish something in your life, anything, check out his 
ready, set, finish framework. There'll be a link there for that. Any, any last thoughts, B? Uh, no, my thought is, man, we should do this every week called Three Things This Week. Let's do it. That's a different hey. story. That's a different hey. story. I don't know if the audience wants something like that, but as, as we talk, I'm like, man, we should have three topics we talk about every week. You know, the good news is I don't care if they want it because I want it. I enjoy the <laughs> audience. The audience comes last, as someone told me. Long. <laughs> I love you, hey, audience. All of you all across the world who are listening, I appreciate you. All right, Bassam, <laughs> get back. get back to your day. I appreciate you, Antonio. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Wow, that conversation was so much fun with Bassam Tarazi. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If there's someone you know in your life that would get some value out of that episode, just right now, right now, hit that share button and share it with them in this moment. Hey, I want to thank you once again for listening to this episode. For more information on it, just head on over to my website at theantonionevs.com. If you haven't followed the show yet, do it right now. If you haven't left a review yet for this podcast, hey, take a moment to do it. It makes a really big difference, and this is how we spread the word. All right, hey, I'll see you back here next week with another fantastic episode. In the meantime, remember the best is ahead when you work and believe that the best is ahead things begin to change for the better never forget you have a say in this